Holy God, come and fill our hearts, our minds, our spirits with your words of truth and life this day we pray. And we ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. As a practicing psychotherapist, I have both the privilege and the responsibility of hearing from individuals some of their deepest struggles and issues in life. Although each one is different, there can be certain themes that seem to repeat themselves. One of the themes that I hear fairly often runs something like this. If people truly knew me, would they like me? Would they love me? Or do I have to somehow hold back from showing who I truly am? Because if I ever revealed myself fully to them, they would run away in horror. Most of the issues go back, way back, often into their family of origin as they were growing up because each one growing up tries to get a sense of self by reflecting on the mirrors that are around them in their life. What do I hear about myself from these mirrors with whom I spend time each day? Do I hear praise? Do I hear criticism? Or do I hear nothing at all? And so people try to figure out, who am I? As I see them as adults and hear of their tales as they walk into unfamiliar circumstances, they become what I refer to as chameleons. You know what chameleons are? They are that little creature that when you put it on a background, it will change color in order to blend in with that background. And so I see in human life people who will try to say, what do I have to do? What do I have to say? What do I have to look like? How do I have to dress in order to fit in, in order to be accepted by the people around? Jesus had a word for people who are like that, who are afraid to show their true selves and put on a mask a mask that will only allow through those portions that they want others to see. And the word that Jesus had for that was hypocrite. Hypocrite, one who is acting out of a role instead of acting out of authenticity. Well... If we're too afraid to be able to reveal our authentic self to those around, how do we find out who we really are? Well, I would say today in this Ash Wednesday service, 
you are going to hear who you truly are. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Remember that you are dust and to dust you will return. That's not the cheery little thought you were hoping for, is it? You were hoping I was going to say you're the beloved of God and that you are precious. No, I'm going to say to you today, you are dust. You've come from dust and you're going to return to dust. Is that a liberating thought? I I hope it is. It is both leveling and liberating to know that just like everyone else, we are dust. We can say that we can put aside our sorry, sad self and we can recognize for who we are, we're dust. Let me tell you a secret. Preaching in Tyndale Chapel is a hugely intimidating experience. (laughs) I have before me some of the foremost minds in Christian theology in all of Canada, and I'm supposed to preach to them, to the students, to the faculty, to the staff, who have so much more wisdom than I have, And I will tell you, it's good that I wear these long things so that you can't see my knees knocking when I stand here. It is a hugely intimidating experience. But the words of Ash Wednesday come back to me. Uh, I I look over and I see Rebecca Idestrom, scholar in Old Testament, written so many books I can't even count them and she is sitting in front of me, how do I go forward? I say to myself, remember, Rebecca is dust. (laughs) And to dust she will return. And so am I. And so is George. And so is you. And so are all of us. Remember, that we're dust, and to dust we will return. It gives me a new sense of who I am. And even though I am dust, I know that that dust is beloved of God. That God created the dust that formed me at the beginning and God will be with me at the end when I return to dust. But how do I live life in between the dust of my beginning and the dust of my ending? Jesus said in our gospel passage, there are two things that will get in our way if we truly want to be followers of Christ. And he said, one of the things is we will focus on who is our audience and the other that we will focus on is what is our reward. Who is our audience? 
If we are acting as Christian people, who do we want to have notice us? And Jesus said, you know what? It's not about the audience. It's not about who's going to notice. And the other was, what is our reward? If I do all these wonderful things, what am I going to get out of it? And Jesus said, it's not about the reward. I have a story of a client who came to me and part of our work together was him dealing with people who were problematic. There was one person in particular who took no end of delight in criticizing him, someone in his own church who put him down regularly. And it was hard to be with that person. He found out one day that that person had been ill for some time and because of the nature of her work, while she was ill, she had no income. And so, very quietly, in dead of night, he took some cash, put it in an envelope, and put it in the mailbox in front of her house and snuck away with no one noticing. When he was at church that Sunday, she came up to him and said, you know what? You are still a selfish person. You should be more like the person who came to my house this week, the one who came and put some money in my mailbox because they knew that I was in need. Why can't you be more like that? Everything in him wanted to scream out and say, I was that person. I can tell you the denomination of each bill that was in that envelope. I can tell you the order of them all. I can prove to you that I was that person. But he didn't. He stood there and took her abuse as she berated him yet one more time for how self-centered he had become. And in our debriefing together, he told me, was he looking for a reward from me? No, he wasn't looking for a reward. But he was telling me, sometimes it really sucks to do the right thing. And I have to agree that if we are out there for performing for the audience or looking for the reward, it's never going to work. Well, then, why do we take these ashes and mark them on your forehead as you come forward at a time later on in this service? Why would we do that before others? Well, let me tell you, it is a deeply humbling experience to be reminded before God and before all of Christianity that we are but dust. Very humbling. Truly humbling. Not, not like false humility. Have you ever met somebody with false humility? They're the ones who say, 
You know, I'm just the worst person ever. There's never been in all of Christianity a person who's worse than me. I have the worst memory. Uh, I, I do the baddest things. I am just so humble about how bad I am. That's not true humility. Jesus says he wants us to experience what it's like to be metaphorically naked before God and to know that the God who formed the dust of the earth and formed us in our mother's womb will be with us throughout the whole of our life's journey. That's the same God. There will be a time coming up shortly where, if you wish, you may come to the front here and there will be several of us across the way and we're going to have some of those ashes and we're going to mark you with the sign of the cross on your forehead and remind you of who you are, that you are dust and to dust you will return. You're not going to see the mark on your own forehead, but you will see it on others and you will be able to say, I am one just like them, humble before God. And yet God does not want to leave us in that state of brokenness. In a very short time, we change and we come forward for Eucharist, for bread, for wine, That Jesus who poured out his blood for us wants us to have bread and wine for the journey that we may continue in our Christian walk. As within all of our services, everyone is welcome to participate. Some should participate, but no one must participate. You will always have the option of whether you would like to receive either the ashes or the Eucharist. If you are receiving Eucharist, again, as I've said, we use the common chalice. Um, It it will be helpful to those who are holding the chalice if if you could kind of grab on maybe the base or the top and just guide it a little bit so that they don't drown you in the process. Um, you, You can help with some of that. But we begin a Lenten journey. We begin by recognizing that we are in between the dust of our creation and the dust of the end of our existence. And we walk with a God who loves us in that journey. And we seek to be worshipers of that God. Amen.